Take Him With You is on the Stitcher Radio Network. Welcome, everybody, to another episode of Take Him With You. I'm Rick. And I'm Amy. And uh, this is for the very first day of September 2013. Wow. I think it's episode 238, but I'm not sure. Sounds about right. Should I go check? Uh, We can say it in a minute. Anyway, stick around. We're going to talk about our fun we had at the Foreigner concert. Uh, We'll talk about uh, craziness in Walmart and more. Recognize this? No. This boy will make it to the top and be a jukebox hero. He'll be a jukebox hero. Okay, I recognized it after they started singing, right. but before that, it just sounded like noisy rock music that I don't really care for, but I like the singing parts. You and went to the concert just fine. I did. I did. I enjoy the singing parts, even at Christ- <coughs> when I've gone to Christian rock concerts, whenever they just did their music, like rocking out parts, it always bored me, but I like the singing parts. Mm. And I knew, I think I knew just about every single song that they played, and they didn't even play all their top hits. Well, they could, they have, they have over thirty. That would have been we, their number well, one. Well, as it was, the concert was like what three hours, and I mean the the warm up well, band was like a half hour, and then there was a half hour intermission because the band was actually late. You like the warm up band more than I like the warm up band because yeah, some local guys. One of them is a like garbage man in Hoquim. And I I can one of say them is a guy I graduated with from high school. They they were very talented. It just wasn't my genre. Clint and the Eastwoods. It just wasn't my genre of music because they, they won played the battle of band of the bands. Would you call them power metal? They no, were. They do like ACDC um, cover songs. That's why I didn't like them very much. They are a I've power never, trio. Because I've never liked ACDC kind of hard rock music. And That's I just not my thing. It's my favorite. I'm sure they're talented musicians. You dug, you just dug it more than I did. Okay. Yeah. But Foreigner had a lot of songs that I grew up with. And, you know, were on the radio and were more, more pop rock than hard, hard rock. Well, the nice part about our town in the little town of Aberdeen is that we have a guy here that um, invested <coughs> excuse me in one of the old theater buildings and did a wonderful job remodeling it he restored it, it remodeled it's, it and then it's now gorgeous. he's bringing in um basically has been bands kind of except for like 
my mom and Catherine and I went to Scotty yeah. McCreary, who, you know, he just won American Idol like two years well, ago. Well, here's the cool part. And Not only so. are the tickets affordable compared to if he went to Seattle, but we don't, or have Portland. To, we don't have to get a hotel. And it's only 10 minutes from our house. Don't have to pay for parking. Yeah. Because all the parking pretty much in Aberdeen is And we free. know where the good seats are. So when we get the seats, we can uh, we can actually pick them online, mm-hmm. which means that we pick our seats. Okay, Rick, that wasn't necessary. So did you have a good time going to Foreigner? Yeah, I had a smile on my face. It it was kind of disappointing, though, at the end. Why? Well, um, I kept looking and going, gosh, I don't recognize any of these guys. (laughs) Come to find out, the guitar player, the only founding member of the band that's left, touring with them, is a guitar player, and he was sick that night, so he wasn't there. So it was basically, we paid, you know, a lot of money to go see a cover band. <laughs> well, one of the guys had been with yeah. One of the guys had been with Foreigner for, for 20, twenty years, so he had worked with the original yeah, I guys. Have news for you, honey. They were they were popular when we before we were married. Yeah, way before we were. They were popular years. when I was probably in junior high or grade yeah. school. So yeah, they've been around for quite a while. Which matter of fact, it was a little awkward. I have to say. Um. This was the first, well, the Sticks band, when we went to Sticks, there were some people partying it up and stuff. But this one was a little awkward because there's people older than us that were a little bit um, over the top. Really? Yeah. What do you mean by that? Well, I think they they partied a little too hardy. They, they, I was kind of embarrassed for them. Well, you do that, though. You project yourself onto people. I don't. I don't I'm care. like, oh, my goodness, you guys, this well, is bad. <laughs> I don't even know what you're referring to. So, Yeah, well. You don't want to talk about it? Well, you know, you brought the, it up. The, the older guys that were across the aisle from you, I was a little awkward. You were awkward? Uh, they, that was awkward. Being around them. I guess because I'm more introverted, I tend to, like, notice things around me, like, as an observer. (coughs) Well, I wasn't there to look at the audience. I was there to listen to Foreigner. Yeah. Well, anyway, it was different. But um, the music was pretty good. And the guy that they had singing the songs, he did a good job. He was really good. And I actually, the, um, the drummer, didn't he sing some of the songs, too? No. No, what am I thinking? I'm You're thinking, thinking of, of uh, Journey. Of no. The drummer of Journey. Actually, I'm yeah, I'm thinking of the drummer of Journey. I don't know why but we've been on a music <coughs> kick lately. They've had some <coughs> good concerts on TV that we've recorded, and we recorded a Journey concert and we recorded a Fleetwood Mac concert, and so I'm getting confused by what I watch. Man, watched. we're just on the edge. We are, you know, back in this old 80s music. <laughs> Some people. But you know what made me feel a little bit better is I was I was taking some old homeschool books to one of my nieces because she's homeschooling her girls this year. And um, so as we've been cleaning out Catherine's old room, I had like three or four boxes of books that our kids were too old for. So I took them over to her house and she was saying that my nephew has been getting into the old 80s rock scene and you know kind of the kind that I like 
and he he and his girls have been rocking out to jukebox hero and different songs i thought oh that's sweet he was actually thinking oh that would have been a fun concert to go to yeah, so. it was. It was, it yeah. Was, it was fun. Now, the next one I'm looking forward to is Heart. Yeah. Ooh, Barracuda. Well, what are some of the other songs? Because I knew I grew up liking Heart, but Dawn I'm not. Butterfly, Dreamboat Annie. Um, <coughs> I don't know. That, the love song. Big. I don't know. I remember, I think I had a Heart album. I think. I believe it was on eight track though. Probably. <laughs> I had like Queen and Heart and Sticks and Fleetwood Mac on eight track. Yeah. Yeah. I was just rocking. But it's so <laughs> funny because it's so close to our house. We get done with the concert and it's still a young evening. Yeah. So we went to Walmart. Yeah. <laughs> and that was, you know. And they're in the middle of remodeling Walmart. So, so it is Walmart. a little crazy. All the aisles are like shoved together. So it's like only one cart can go through at a time. And yeah. And I had to, I had actually caused grief for the employees. Oh, that was very awkward. You keep saying the word awkward. Is that your favorite word today or something? I guess it's the, the word of that night anyway. It wasn't awkward. It was awkward. Rick decided, we were out of eggs, so Rick decided to get some eggs out of the cooler. And instead of like an average person, since there's nothing is normal, but a typical person would put them in their basket to go check out when they're done shopping. That's too boring. But not Rick. Not Rick. He decides to make the egg carton talk. (laughs) And so he opens it up and goes... You know, and I often check to make sure there's not a bunch of broken That's eggs, but, doing, yeah. but, but no, you're not just checking to make sure there's not broken eggs. You decide you want to do a little puppet show for me in the aisle of Walmart. I just rolled my eyes for those of you that didn't see. So, but what happens when you're goofing off with the open carton of eggs well, and not really paying attention to what you're doing? Well, apparently one of them wanted loose. Yes. So he made a run for it and jumped out of the carton. And I'm like mortified. I'm like, oh. <laughs> and hit the ground with a splat. And and you just stand there laughing. <laughs> and I'm like, oh no, we just made this mess. And this is gross and disgusting. And and so um, I had a 24 pack of double roll toilet paper. Oh, thank you. Just tell everybody. <laughs> in, the, in the cart. And so, since I was going to buy it, I just went ahead and opened it up and started putting a bunch of tissue on the smashed egg to try to clean it up. And and then, finally, s- s- several Walmart employees came over to see what had happened. And so, then they had, like, two Walmart employees standing there while yeah, the, the a third one... Yeah, the employees just scrambled, didn't they? Oh, so it was... So much to do over one broken egg. It was, but it was kind of embarrassing. I don't see how you say it's embarrassing. It was fun. Fun to break I eggs at Walmart. I apologize to the guy that had to clean it up. Well, I had it 90% cleaned up before yeah, they came over. Yeah, toilet paper. Yeah. Well, you know, we were buying it, so we're going to be half a roll short, but such is life. I've, I've been half a roll short all my life. Did I, you know we did we talked to Catherine last week about her mission trip, but something I'm not sure she shared on the podcast. Oh, you're just switching subjects now. W- was about toilet paper. Oh. That. 
She did. All over. Did she share that? That all over Africa, or well, she was only in one country, <laughs> but wherever they went in Africa, there were toilet paper dispensers. No, there was a a large lack of toilet paper. Hardly any bathrooms had them, even if they were in somewhat modern restaurant restaurants or which makes you gotta wonder what do they use i don't think we want to know is this why you only shake with the right hand in some countries yes i guess unless you steal and then they cut your right hand off oh yeah that's normal in most countries Uh, many in the middle middle east and some parts of africa yeah so Catherine. Um, thankfully was with an experienced African traveler. The missionary she stayed with always kept a roll of TP in her, in her truck. Always traveled with TP. Yeah, because most places didn't have it. Okay. The things you learn on mission trips. Yeah. Regarding toilet paper. And in Mexico, when you did mission trips, you learned that they don't put TP in the potty. But they put it in a basket next to the potty, and then, and then they it. take it out and burn it at, at night. At 5 o'clock. And, it, you know, right about the time you want to eat dinner, there's a smell of burning toilet paper. With poop on it. That's dis- disgusting. But, <laughs> you know, that's where you're thankful for infrastructure, septic system, sewer, sewer lines, yeah. all those things. Yeah. Um, but not every place has those things, so... This is true. Mercy. We are kind of spoiled here, aren't we? Yes. I, I think that when I went down to Mexico with you for a mission trip and we were in a village with no running water and no electricity, that I remember hearing kids when they went to a place that actually had those things, they were like, I just want to kiss the flushing toilet. So no, wonderful. Well, maybe not, but not th- there. Especially. But they were just very thankful for flushing toilets instead of the stinky baños. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know how we got on this kind of disgusting subject, but I, 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 I think it was cleaning up the egg with toilet paper at oh, Walmart. That's what it was. It started me on the toilet paper roll. Well, besides <laughs> Did all you get that, that crazy stuff, that was a pun. On the toilet paper roll. That was I got it, but for we me. need to wipe this conversation out and start okay. on a different one. Okay. <laughs> what do you want to talk about? <sighs> okay. So, um, basically, we haven't followed our format very well, have we? Oh, okay. Do you want to play a little <coughs> promo or some music? And then no, I'm just going to ask you, because uh, today we're going to be uh, playing the, the message that I gave last week. About the wall. Your call to the wall. Your call to the wall. Okay. And it's all about if you've ever been overwhelmed, wondering where to start on a mountain of problems or Like the laundry I had waiting for me today. Uh, this will help you focus. Okay. Maybe I should listen to it while I complete my laundry task. I, I hope everybody enjoys it. But uh, what did you do this week, my dear? Have you noticed my voice is a little better? It's a little bit better. Still gets kind of... It's not a hundred percent your voice, but it's getting closer. Mine still isn't a hundred percent. Yeah. I went to the doctor, and what did she say? She said there's nothing in your throat per se. But she gave you some antibiotics anyway. Wow. 
anything else that rhymes with A. A? <laughs> if you were in Canada, you'd say A. I just think I have to rest my voice for a while. That's hard for but you. But I'm on like 34 days without a voice. I mean, it, it's, it's a lot it's better. It's a little bit better. Yeah. Yeah, and you've tried all kinds of like herbal teas and my lozenges. My buddy Al suggested throat coat tea. And I'd already bought that for you at the yeah, health food and store. Yeah, lozenges and stuff like that. But, you know, maybe it's helpful a little. But I went and bought Lipton tea because it's better. And then my friend Meds talked all about the tea they drink in England, which would be really interesting for our folks that uh, are across the pond to uh, email us and let us know or message us somehow and let us know what kind of tea you drink. Because I'd like to, someday I'd like to have some authentic English brewed tea. Hmm. I, I don't like, know what they drink. I like English breakfast tea and Earl Grey tea. Well, I don't know. So, Daniel, you know who you are. I've had Daniel late, and Laura, tell us what kind of tea we I've should I've had make. Lady and Grey can we get tea it here also. I've had Lady Grey tea. You've had Lady Grey tea? Mm-hmm. They have Earl Grey Does tea. Does it taste like a gray lady? They have Lady Grey tea. No, I I don't know. It's like a black tea with a little bit of bergamot in it, which is like a orange, or not orange, but a citrusy kind of thing. Uh, I don't know anything about tea. Yeah, I know. So, so anyway, like, my throat's feeling better. But what did mm-hmm. you do? Did you do anything else besides go to a concert with your stunning husband? Um, By the way, you looked really nice that night. I just want you to know that. You liked my hair. I liked everything. Oh my! I'm embarrassed now. Why are you embarrassed? You're my wife. Uh, I'm just happy that you look this way, uh, and we've been married for 27 years. It makes me feel good. I just wish I looked a little better. <laughs> well, there's a little bit more of me than there was when I was 19 years old. <laughs> All the more to love. <laughs> oh mercy! So <laughs> she's um, actually flustered. You. <laughs> That's hilarious. Well, I worked a lot. And then I came home and I was exhausted. And you know what? There was a miracle that happened at the Moyer's house this week. I took a shower. <laughs> Besides that. Um, <laughs> um, Friday night, I came home from work. Oh, don't do it. Don't say anything. And you had Stop actually it. done the Stop dishes. Ka- Catherine had been at a camp out Thursday night. So she didn't do the dishes and I was too tired. And I thought I would come home to a messy kitchen with dirty dishes from the night before. But guess what? My husband don't, you don't need to tell did me. one of the sexiest things a man can oh, do. Oh, give me a break. <laughs> he did the dishes. I think you you unloaded the dishwasher, I think, and loaded it. And I'm not sure if you knew how to run it. But you at least got them... Put in the dishwasher so I didn't have to come home to dirty dishes. I felt bad because I think, was it Thursday night? I was so tired after work. I fell asleep on the couch at 8 o'clock at night. Yeah, you did. Yeah. Oh, don't tell everyone I snored. I'll take the sexy comment back. (laughs) (laughs) So I can't believe I said that. So, um... (sighs) Yeah. Only on our podcast. So we had we had a fun week other than work was tiring. How, what did you do this last week besides? I worked besides? on a bunch of websites, finished a bunch of projects, got paid for one. That was good. We still have a lot that you need to get paid for. Yeah. So. Got paid for two, actually, which was nice. 
and then uh, I've got a couple of outstanding uh, invoices, and, mm-hmm. and then and I then start on some new things here next week. What kind of projects do you have for this next week? I'll be working on a logo and a website so far. Uh, so far, and hopefully some other ones will pop up, right? Pop up like on the web, like a pop up. Oh, I don't know. Anyway, Something. things are going okay. Yeah. You know, just keep plugging along. Yeah. I need my voice to come all the way back so I can do parody songs and uh, other things too. I yeah. Do. Were you able to get that? There was like a. I'm doing a wedding coming up. Yes, I did the phone. You did thing. a phone thing. You're yeah. waiting for your voice to come back, and they uh, had canceled, and then they came back and wanted it again. So, so we're yeah. good. Okay. Well, that's good. You're able to do some voiceovers again, kind of. Um, and while your voice was all the way gone, pretty much, our friend Al really stepped up and we did some subcontracting out to him. And he did a great job. Oh, Guess what? Yeah. We're going to need to visit our pause while I go get Jade. I'll talk. I'll just Kay. introduce the thing while we're going. Are you all done with everything? All right. You hear in the background, our dog loves our neighbor, and if she gets out, she runs over and squeals and and wants the neighbor to throw the ball for her. It's pretty funny, actually. Anyway, oh, yeah, my wife just walked out the door to go get the dog. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to play for you this week uh, the message that I gave last week at the Baptist Church in Raymond. Now, I, I was sharing a message out of the book of Nehemiah, and it's called Your Call to the Wall. And it's really, I hope it's really encouraging to you. So take a listen, and then we'll be back at the end to uh, wrap things up and talk about it next week. Okay. last time I was here, that I would be sharing a message called Your Call to the Wall. And it's out of Nehemiah, and it's a really fascinating story. How many are familiar with the story of Nehemiah? Well, well, look at that. This is perfect then, isn't it? Let's pray, and then we'll get into it. Lord, thank you that you speak to us from your Bible. Sometimes, Lord, we wonder what direction to go in. Where to start working on this or that or, or how we're supposed to do things. And when we read your word, it just speaks to our heart. And your spirit enhances what we read and then we're able to do things your way. What a privilege, what an honor it is to serve you and to have the tools that you give us to work with. Would you bless our hearts today and open our ears to hear what the spirit of the Lord is saying to the church today. That's our prayer. Thank you for being with us and for speaking to us now. In Jesus' name, amen. I don't think you are by accident. You know, my, my parents said they had my brother and my sister, and then 
what was it, six years later, whoops, here came Ricky. But you know what? They may have said I was an accident, but I'm not an accident. And I don't care what somebody has told you. God prepared you and made you and loves you. And you have a call to this life to do something for him. So nobody in this room is junk. You are all very precious in the sight of God. He loves you. He cares about you. But we are emotional people, are we not? Oh, my goodness. I don't know how it works, but uh, I used to think emotions were really bad because, boy, people would be swayed by their emotions, all this stuff. But then I found as the older I get, there are emotions aren't so bad. It's what you do with them that makes them bad or good. I'll never forget sitting in a counselor's office talking to uh, this counselor, and I was complaining about me feeling too much about this or that. And, and they stopped me and they said, whoa, 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 whoa. It's okay. You're, God gave you feelings. And I said, well, yeah, but they messed me up. And, and they proceeded to say, well, no, it's not the feelings that mess you up. It's what you do with those feelings that mess you up or help you out. There is a little thing called compassion that really is, is set on by what we feel. And compassion is a good thing. It's a God-given thing. And emotions are from God, too. It's what we do with them. What we're going to find is a man who gets some news. Uh, have you ever gotten bad news and then you really didn't know what to do with it? it, it sometimes you can get news and it'll, it'll grieve you. Or sometimes you'll get news it'll thrill you. Uh, when you get news, something happens inside of us when we receive news. Well, we're going to be in chapter 1 of Nehemiah. We're actually going to go through six chapters today. I ordered Kentucky Fried Chicken for lunch. Oh, God. Just joking. I'm not really going to be going for six chapters. And I won't, I won't hurt you. There's no KFC in Raymond. Let's read a little bit about Nehemiah because he's a fascinating guy who has some amazing miracles that happen in his life. And every one of us can relate to him in some way. Chapter 1 of Nehemiah, the, the memoirs of Nehemiah, son of Hakaliah. Okay. It was the month of Kislev in the 20th year. And at that time, I was in the palace complex of Susa. Hanani, one of my brothers, had just arrived from Judah with some fellow Jews. I asked them about the conditions among the Jews there who had survived the exile and about Jerusalem. They told me, the exile survivors who are left there in the province are in bad shape. Conditions are appalling. The wall of Jerusalem is still rubble. The city gates are still cinders. And when I heard this, I sat down and wept. I mourned for days, fasting and praying before the God of heaven. And I said, God, God of heaven, the great and awesome God, loyal to his covenant and faithful to those who love him and obey his commands. Look at me. Listen to me. Pay attention to this prayer of your servant that I'm praying day and night in intercession for your servants, the people of Israel. Confessing the sins of the people of Israel. And I'm including myself, I and my ancestors among those who have sinned against you. We've treated you like dirt. We haven't done what you told us. We, followed, we haven't followed your commands. And we haven't respected the decisions you gave Moses, your servant. 
All the same, remembering the warning you posted to your servant Moses, if you betray me, I'll scatter you to the four winds. But if you come back to me and do what I tell you, I'll gather up all these scattered peoples from wherever they ended up and put them back in the place I chose to mark with my name. Well, there they are, your servants, your people whom you so powerfully and impressively redeemed. Oh, master, listen to me. Listen to your servant's prayer. And yes, to all your servants who delight in honoring you and make me successful today so that I get what I want from the king. By the way, I was the cupbearer of the king. Okay, that's an interesting chapter. You see a man who gets a report that isn't so good. His fellow countrymen are in ruins. Their city has been burned. Back then, walls were everything. Walls kept out the bad people and kept good things in. They were protection. And the city of Jerusalem had been plundered. The walls had been broken down. There was no protection now for the people. They were, they were, it was laying in ruin. And the people were discouraged. And they weren't doing well because they weren't, basically the symbolism is they weren't, they weren't protected. They weren't safe. And so Nehemiah is grieved about this. This is not how it's supposed to be. We're God's people. How many of us can relate for a moment? Have we had stuff happen in our life where maybe we're not protected anymore? Our life has, has, has been hit pretty hard and the walls are down and we feel like things have been burned up and we're kind of aimless and we just really don't know what to do. It's not a good place to be in. And Nehemiah knows this. And so what does he do? Most of us would just complain. He would put out, like, yeah, I mean, Nehemiah could have put out a newsletter and said, yeah, things are really bad for my countrymen and I'm going to do a talk show about it. But instead of doing that, what does he do? Something that we all should do when we get the news. When we get news that is discouraging or something isn't right, the very first thing that Nehemiah did is it said he wept, he felt the emotion of what was going on, and then he went before God. How many times have we waited many, many days before we actually pray about what's going on? We tell everybody about it, we talk about it, we complain about it, but how often do we stop for just one moment before we do all that and pray to the God of heaven? See, if, we, if I could do that, I think my life would be a whole lot better. But listen to what his prayer is. He not only does he say, wow, we've really messed up here, and I understand why we're in this situation, but here's what you say about us, God. And I'm, in, I'm included, I'm a sinner, I'm, I'm no good either, but you say this about us, Lord. And then he says, please, Restore us and then give me favor today, Lord, so that I can get what I need from the king. He was the cupbearer of the king. He was the king's chief bartender. They drank a lot then. <laughs> Some people drink a lot now. But the fact is, Nehemiah was the bartender. And he took care. Not He was very as a special kind of bartender because you had to make sure that the, the, the stuff you were serving the king wasn't poison. People try to kill the king with poison and all this. He would take care of all that security, all these different things. He would bring the, he would provide the beverages, the cupbearer to the king. And so now we find in chapter two, a very interesting thing. Instead of faking his way through, instead of pretending like everything is just great, because some of us have a tendency to do that too. We think it's fake. Oh yeah, everything's great. 
when in fact everything's not so great. It says in the month of Nisan, in the 20th year of at our tax exerces or whatever, the king, at the hour for serving wine, I brought it in and gave it to the king. I'd never been downcast in his presence before. So he asked me, why the long face? You're not sick, are you? Or are you depressed? Wow. The king notices his bartender is sad. That's pretty interesting, first off. So this made him all the more agitated. He says, this made me all the more agitated. I said, long live the king, and why shouldn't I be depressed? When the city, the city where all my family is buried, is in ruins, and the city gates have been reduced to cinders. And the king asked then of me, so what do you want? Whoa. This is a big deal. There's a guy that brings him drinks. The king has just asked him, why are you sad? And, and Nehemiah answers him truthfully and says, things aren't good with my countrymen. And then the king says, this is so favored from God. The king says, well, what do you want from me? And so Nehemiah figures, well, might as well. Praying under my breath to the God of heaven. How many have ever done that before? Oh, help me, Lord. Yeah, I have. If it please the king, and if the king thinks well of me, send me to Judah, to the city where my family is buried, so I can rebuild it. The king, with his queen sitting alongside him, said, How long will you work? Or how long will your work take? And when would you be coming back? I gave him a time, and the king gave his approval. Wow, this is great. So not only has he brought to, to his problem to the king of kings, but now he brings his problem to somebody who can help him. Something that we should do as well. And then, it's interesting, I'll just paraphrase some of this because we're not going to have time to read the whole thing, but, but I'll just say this. He basically, the king says, well, whatever you want, I'll, I'll write you a blank check, let's get this done. And Nehemiah's like, he's not shocked. He's like, oh, yeah. Because remember, he asked for favor. So he gets everything he wants. He gets a vacation. He gets people to help him go along with him. He gets all the money and all the, the supplies and all the different things he needs to rebuild the walls. And none of his countrymen know that this is happening yet. So this is like, wow, time. God has really come through for Nehemiah. So you can imagine, he was, he was pretty excited. But here he is, he surrounds himself with people that can help him. Something that we oftentimes don't do, we try to go it alone when we can't. Guess what? You are on this earth with other people for a reason. I know it's not fun to have to depend on somebody. I know it's hard to trust people. But guess what? It's what God has for us. We're not alone. In fact, none of us are an island. We cannot do it on our own. We need other people in our lives. But it's important who we surround ourselves with. I've said this before here. It's important to surround yourself with people who celebrate you, not just tolerate you. How many of us have ever been around people that tolerate us for what we can give them? Yeah, I've been there. I don't like that. But I love it when people celebrate me. And then I want to be around them. Then I'll help them out too. It's a good thing to surround yourself with people that can speak the truth to you and be honest and help. 
Well, anyway, what happens? Nehemiah says, thank you, king. This is awesome. I'm great. He gets a group of people. They start to get supplies together. And he heads to Jerusalem. Well, when he gets there, it's the middle of the night. And instead of waiting for the next day, like most of us would start our own you know, ministry and then put out the newsletter and start to raise funds so that we had a salary and all this different stuff, and then we'd announce how awesome we are because we're going to rebuild the wall. He doesn't do any of that. What does he do? He takes some of the most influential people he can think of to go and evaluate the condition in which the city's in. And he goes in the middle of the night, and he can't even ride his horse all the way through because it's so broken down. He has to get off his horse and walk around in the middle of the night. But he, he goes and he makes an honest evaluation of the problem at hand. Because sometimes when we're in a situation that's tough, we can get all sorts of people's opinions. But what we really need is an honest evaluation of our problem. Where are we at? What do we need to do? Let's make a plan. Some of us, including me, will go willy-nilly, kind of, Aimless, how are we going to do this? I don't know. Ah, maybe I'll talk to this person. Maybe I'll talk to that person. The Bible is very clear. It says in abundance of counselors, there's safety. That, that's good to have people that you can rely on. But make sure they're the right people. And then honestly evaluate. Don't just surround yourself with people that will tell you what you want to hear. Surround yourself with people that will tell you what you need to hear. And that's what he does. He goes out and he evaluates everything. And he says, boy, this is going to be... This is going to be really interesting. It's really bad. But that doesn't stop him. In fact, he makes this plan that every one of us can benefit from. How many of you have ever walked into the kitchen and thought, wow, a cyclone happened in here? Anybody? Sure, you may have been baking or you may have been doing dinner. And maybe you don't cook or anything, but you walk in the kitchen and it's bad anyway. And you think, man, I really need to clean this up. Or my wife really needs to clean this up. <laughs> How many of you ever been there and then thought, oh, it's just too much for me to do. I don't even know where to start, so I'll go eat ice cream. Oh, come on. You're, I'm not the only one. The fact is, when we come into a situation that seems impossible, <clears throat> it's overwhelming because we don't know where to start. Here's what Nehemiah does. He comes up with a plan, and his plan is brilliant. The way the walls were, the gates were, in Jerusalem, was there was a section of family that lived in front of certain parts of the wall, and all the way around. And there were gates, and I don't have the time. I mean, I could do weeks and weeks on the gates and what they meant, and what you know how they did this and that. It's fascinating stuff. It's really cool when you study into it. But for the sake of time... Here's what he said. People were all asking questions. How are we going to do this? That's a big dream, Nehemiah. That's too huge. We can't do it. Where do we start? And here's his plan. He says, work on what's in front of you. Don't worry about your neighbor. Don't worry about the neighbor on this side. But do what is in front of you. That's your responsibility. Wow. Simplistic, but profound. 
And isn't it the truth that when we try to deal with our problems, a lot of times we get distracted and we worry about, so. well, it's their fault that I'm in this situation. Or it's their fault over here. Or we look and say, well, they should be doing this for me, and that person should be doing this for me, and uh, this should be, you know what I mean. When in fact, all we really need to do is look what is in front of us and deal with what we need to deal with. Wow. Profound. And that's exactly what they do. They all pick up their stuff, men, women, kids, donkeys, whatever, and they all go to work on the wall in front of them. Now, this should have taken years and years to accomplish. But how many people know how long it took to actually rebuild the walls? Do you know? How many? 52 days! The state of Washington can't even do that on our, on our roads. <laughs> 52 days. That's a miracle. But let me tell you something. Whenever you challenge yourself to get out of the norm and come against the stuff that's coming against you, you are going to be challenged. And that's exactly what happened to Nehemiah and the people of Jerusalem. They started to work on their plan. Work, 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 having a good time. Work, work, work. He's saying, everybody, come on, let's do our thing. And everybody's excited. And I'm trying to find... And they're all working away. And then all of a sudden, they start to get some weird reports that this guy named Sandballot and Tobiah are not happy with the fact that, that Jerusalem's getting walls again. Because they've had their say. They've reigned with fear and terror, and they've taken all the things they wanted, and all of a sudden, they're threatened by this. What are we going to do now? Because if these people can figure out what they're doing, we're in trouble. So, Sanballat, the Horonite, Tobiah the Ammonite official and Geshem the Arab heard about it and they laughed at us, mocking us. Ha! What do you think you're doing? Do you think you can cross the king? Well, I shot back. The God of heaven will make sure we succeed. We're his servants and we're going to work rebuilding. You can keep your nose out of it. You get no say in this. Jerusalem's none of your business. Now, this is an interesting attitude. When things come against us, instead of going, oh, and entertaining what they're saying, we really should stop and say, no, 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 no. God is in this. He's, he's spoken to my heart to get this done and accomplish this. And I'm not going to listen to you. I'm not going to listen to all the negative stuff. The Bible says they rolled up their sleeves and they were ready for a good work. And they began to work. Don't get distracted Here's, here's a really interesting thing. As time went on and they got closer and closer to completion, it got more and more serious as far as the accusations and the, the, uh, the threat of war and the threat of people getting hurt over this whole thing. And so it got a little bit crazy and it got a little bit wild and they really kicked it up to the point where they were really trying to get, they even had a, 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 a secret assassination plot designed. They were going to get Nehemiah to come to a meeting with them in the, in the hopes of peace. <laughs> but it wasn't. It was just so they could kill him. 
Because they figured if they could get him out of the mix, it would all fall apart. Which is an interesting thing. Don't, don't for a minute be fooled into thinking that the enemy doesn't hate you. He doesn't like you much. In fact, he hates you a lot. Because you can be close to God and he can't. And he will do everything he can to chop you off from the plan that God has for your life. He will. But I love what Nehemiah decides to do. He realizes the threat is pretty, pretty rough. And it could get really bad. And he says to the people, listen, you know, this is really not cool. This guy is coming at us and they're all freaking out. They're, they're going to kill us, you know. And he said, look it, this is what I want you to do, man. We're going to work 24 hours around the clock on this and we're going to get this finished. With a trowel in one hand and a spear in the other. Be ready to fight. But don't stop working. Some of us get so distracted by the onslaught of our problems and trying to deal with them that we quit working on them and we just try to defend ourselves. And that's wrong. I know it's a, an easy thing to just swallow up inside our own little world, but what happens is we're not aware of anybody else then. And that really stops us from being an effective Christian. What we really should be doing is have a trowel in one hand and a spear in the other. Go along with it. And if something happens that needs to be dealt with, get the spear out and deal with it. But for the most part, keep working. And here's what Nehemiah finally gets tired of all this. Come and meet with us. Come and meet with us. And he turns around. And he says, just go back to him and say this. I'm doing a good work and I can't come down. Whoa. What? What do you mean you can't come down? I don't care what you're saying. I'm doing a good work. I'm doing something that is meaningful. I'm not going to stoop down. I'm not going to go into all your negative crud. I'm doing a good work and I can't come down. And that was their motto. I'm doing a good work and I can't come down. That would be a good thing for us to memorize when we hear the enemy speak to us. When he comes against us in different ways. I'm doing a good work and I can't come down. I could write a rap over that one. What do you think? I'm doing a good work and I can't come down. I like that. I like that. What is the result of this? Well, the fact is that people will try to get you to sin because they want to sin. Have you ever been trying to lose weight and you have somebody, and I, this happens, and I know we're good intentions, but sometimes it really gets upsetting. When somebody comes and says, now you don't want to lose too much more. It's like, well, first off, you don't even know what my goal weight is. And second, I'm looking at you and you're looking at me. And maybe you could lose some weight too. You don't want to say that. But the fact is that a lot of times, I used to, my uncles taught me how to cuss. Not because they thought it was cool that I cussed, because they didn't want to feel stupid cussing themselves. You hear what I'm saying? I remember kids at school who were smoking dope and they would always offer it to the other kids who didn't smoke it so they would feel better about themselves smoking it. It goes hand in hand with just about any sin you can think. It goes hand in hand. If we can get people to sin with us, then we don't feel so bad about it. And that's exactly what happens a lot of the distractions that we get when we're trying to deal with our life is that people are just, they're, they're well-intentioned, but they're really trying 
to justify their own. Because you see, when we make a decision to actually change and let God transform us, it means that other people around us are kind of forced into having to deal with it. And they don't like that very much. I've seen this a lot in recovery ministry. When, when people are addicted to drugs and they come out of that, it's very difficult because all of a sudden their, their life is transforming, but the people around them don't, don't like it so much. I mean, they like the fact that they're getting clean, but they don't like the fact that now they have to deal with their addictions. That's difficult, but it's, it's called life. But guess what? We're doing a good work and we're not coming down. So finally, 52 days go by and they put the last stone in place and everybody goes, wah! And here's what the Bible says. I love this. The wall was finished on the 25th day of Elul. It had taken 52 days and when all our enemies heard the news and all the surrounding nations saw it, our enemies totally lost their nerve. They knew that God was behind the work. Now that is the ultimate. See, when we deal with problems in our life, when we head right on into the things that we know that we need to deal with, and we do it with God, if we do it correctly, then God is honored and God is praised. In fact, I wrote this down. <clears throat> Always praise God for the restoration and accomplishments that happen in, your, in our lives. Being thankful and aware of the reason for our success ensures future victory. Now, how many of us can say, I, I want to win? I do, I want to win. And the Bible says we are the ones that win. But we only win through the grace of God and through His accomplishments and His works in our life. We're doing a good work. We can't come down, but we ultimately want to bring honor and glory to God for the successes and the victories in our life. So next time you come to deal with situations in your life that aren't so great, remember, identify your emotion. Why am I feeling this way? And then bring it to God. Then surround yourself with people that can help you. Make a plan and work what's in work what's on in front of you. Do one section at a time. Don't get distracted when the enemy comes and says this and that. And then remember to praise God when you get it finished. Let's pray. Lord, your word is amazing. And the stories that you have for us to read aren't just fables. They are such reality to us. And when we read them, we can be encouraged we can be challenged <clears throat> and we can be excited about what you have for us. Lord, help us to be like Nehemiah. Help us to, to realize what's really going on, to have honest evaluation of where we're at. And then God, help us to build what's in front of us. Help us not be distracted and give us the grace to have a trowel in one hand and a spear in the other. And oh God, let us never forget where our victory comes from and who is our champion, and that is you. Thank you, Lord, for all that you do in our hearts and in our lives. <coughs> Thank you, Father, for sending your Son to die on the cross for us. That if we accept him into our hearts by faith and believe in our hearts 
that you raised him from the dead, we will be saved and transformed. Thank you for that, that grace in our lives and that gift. We don't take it lightly. Thank you, God, for all that you're doing in our hearts today. And let this word sink deep into us, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you, everybody. So there you go. What do you think, dear? I think it was a good message. There is um, quite a bit of involvement from the congregation you can hear. Which is funny because um, uh, they, well, let's just say they don't ever fall asleep during my stuff. Okay. You're saying they fell asleep when I talked? Did I say that? I think you have a little insecurity problem there, dear. Mm, maybe a little. <clears throat> maybe a little. Yeah. Anyway, my point is I try not to be boring. Yeah. <coughs> Enough that they invited me back at the end of this month. They haven't invited me back. <laughs> no, but you got invited to women's conference, though. Oh, well, Maybe. I said maybe. I, I know that. you want to make it like you weren't good, any good, but they actually liked you. So, yeah. So what's up? Um, what are we gonna do next week? Do you know? Um, no. No. Okay. We'll find out. <coughs> I don't have my uh, schedule in front of me, so. Yeah, we need to come up with some more interviews. We always have fun doing interviews. Yes, we do. We do enjoy that. But we have a an author friend of ours that's gonna be here from. Um, Colorado soon. Maybe we can talk to him about what he's been up to. I don't think that he necessarily wants to do the podcast. Well, you never know. We we always have recording devices with us called iPhones, so we could, you know, have a little quick <coughs> interview. I'm having a rough time not coughing. Ah, that's not good. Yeah. So should we close up the podcast then? We sure could. Is there anything else you wanted to say? Well, just that we like to hear from people. Yeah. So um, we'd love to hear from you. We could, um, yeah. You can also see on <coughs> this week's notes, we put the uh, the video that um, Catherine has of a slideshow. So you can oh, watch the okay. Africa Trip slideshow. Yeah. and um, Go to takehimwithyou.com. And, and she she's um, wanting to thank everyone. She probably did last week, but... For everyone that helped um, give her a donation to get there, it was a real blessing to her. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. And everything, everything went really smooth, so that's mm -hmm. good. Well, you know, there's a few minor things, getting stuck in the mud and she already talked about things that. like that. But, but yeah, it, it re went relatively smoothly. There wasn't anything major. Anything else you wanted to say, dear? Not that I can think of. It's sunny here, so I think that I should go out and wash the car or do something. Well, it'd be like better that. than actually talking in the microphone because we can't hear you. Uh, oh, okay. There. How's that? Better. All right. So this has been a Moyer Multimedia LLC production, copyright 2013, all rights reserved. And please get a hold of us. You can get a hold of us at rickattakenwithyou.com. Or Amy at TakenWithYou.com. Or our Facebook page. 
takehimwithyou.com. And if you feel so led, we could use a few donations uh, for web hosting stuff. And uh, all you have to do is go to our website, takehimwithyou.com, click on the donate button. Yeah. Thank you. And also our Facebook pages, facebook.com forward slash slash rick.moyer or forward slash amy.moyer. Or if you need somebody that uh, can make a cool website that's updatable by the people that own the website, which means they can update it themselves, I do that kind of stuff too in my business. So send some business my way. Websites, voiceovers, music. Many people have need of voiceovers. Parody songs. But everybody needs a web page, but I'm not. Or a parody for a birthday or anniversary or yeah. Rick makes personalized songs for people. All right, thanks everybody. We'll see you next time. All right. Bye. God bless. Bye.